Everybody Googles everything, especially potential customers or employers, and a business or personal online reputation can make or break you. If negative search results or reviews are impacting you, Webamax is here to help. Our proven process restores your online reputation quickly and effectively, and it matters. Don't let negative results control your narrative. Visit GoWebamax.com and fill out a brief confidential form to see how we can help. Remember, if you aren't paying attention to your online reputation, someone else is. GoWebamax.com. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad... To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad, to learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad, to learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. ESPN Denver 1600 presents Clark and Company. And we are back. Ready for Broncos Blast with Broncos correspondent Ian St. Clair. Follow him at Ian St. Clair and at Mile High Report. And it's all uh, brought to you, uh, presented this segment by Framed Art. And I was down there this week, had a great time with Brian Hart. We, uh, we brought him wings, smoked wings from Kentucky, and he was snowed in. Snowed in by work. I mean, all the Broncos are sending him stuff. Uh, players, the team, everybody, the governor, mayor's office, and it's holiday time, so you want to get in there right away if you want your stuff framed by holiday. All local colleges use Frame the Art, 3065, South Broadway, Frame Brian Hart at Frame the Art. It's the best time of year to be a sports fan. Pro and college football heading down the home stretch. Hockey and hoops is going full strength, full blast. You can catch all the game action at Stoney's Bar and Grill, 11th and Lincoln in the heart of downtown, and Stoney's Uptown, 1035 17th Street, just west, just west of Park Avenue. A combined 68 big screen TVs will show you every single game. Pre-game, post-game, every game is on at Stoney's Bar and Grill, and Stoney's Uptown. Check them out. And we'll, again, follow him at Ian St. Clair. He is from Mile High Report, and good morning, Ian. Good morning, guys, and happy... Belated Thanksgiving to both of you. Well, happy Thanksgiving weekend. For me, it's a four-day TV feast of uh, college football, college basketball, and now we're getting to the NFL portion of the uh, schedule tomorrow. And uh, Ian, did you even know college y- basketball season started? Michael's the only one that knew that. I did. Did you? All right. Cool. <laughs> All right. 
There's a man who wakes I up. I didn't know. <laughs> whose, whose eyes are wide. You've been, you've been calling this a see-what-you-have Sunday and a see-what-you-have rest of the season in the aftermath of the Broncos getting snowed by the Buffalo Bills. Uh, what changes? I think what changes is you now have a team that is going to finally figure out what it has in its rookie quarterback. Now, whether or not anything changes in terms of success on the field, time will tell. But to me, that's secondary and just in terms of finding out what you have in Drew Locke. And I mentioned a couple of weeks ago that that was the most important aspect of the rest of the season was to figure out what you have at the quarterback position so that you can go into the 2020 offseason in terms of free agency and then the draft, having a better idea of what you can do in terms of both of those key periods in the offseason and putting your roster together for the 2020 season. So whether or not Drew Locke leads to wins or not is secondary to what they find out at the quarterback position and what he can do. Well, let me let me ask you this. Uh, you know what what you think we'll see from Drew Locke through this season and in the future. I was on record last year screaming, and now I think that that ship has sailed because he's shown his worth. Uh, I thought they should have got, done whatever they could to get Teddy Bridgewater. What do you expect from Drew Locke once we see him? I think you're going to see a kid who is able to show his athleticism. I think he has an incredible arm. I think when when you talk about Josh Allen, that's one of the things that people say about him. Drew Locke has just as good of an arm as as Josh Allen does. I, but I think you're going to see a rookie quarterback. I think he's going to have his moments where he flashes flashes some things and it, it gets you hopeful, and then he's going to show the rookie moments where he's going to struggle, which is bound to happen. And uh, unless he lines up under his guard, as John Elway did in 1983, I think he's on a pretty good path. But <laughs> um, I think I think you're going to see a, a kid to flash, and he's going to have his moments. But I think what you do is to take it, as Peyton Manning would say, after a win or a loss, you got to stay even keel. Don't get too high with the the flashes of great, and don't get too low when he does something where a rookie quarterback does and struggles and maybe makes a decision that he shouldn't have. So I think it's just a matter of, of staying calm and easy with what you see on the field because I have a feeling that the, the, that Vic Fangio and Rich Scangarello and that coaching staff is going to take that approach. But that's that I, I, I think you're going to see a kid who should have maybe been a first-round pick. He is incredibly self-confident. He knows that he's just going to he's going to be himself. And I think that's the biggest thing for a rookie, but a rookie quarterback, where he's not going to play outside of himself. He knows what he can do, and he's going to go out and do it. Hey, Ian, um, I read somewhere, and I can't remember who said this, that the Broncos may end up starting Locke tomorrow because they're afraid of 15,000 no-shows if they don't. But I was told that the decision wasn't going to be made until today. Uh, I had a pretty good source on this. That today, Fangio was going to watch practice and decide who was going to start. Would you be shocked if Brandon Allen starts the game and Drew Locke comes in in relief at some point? Yes, because to me that's a completely pointless situation. You know what Brandon Allen is, and I, Adam, Adam Alnati and I have talked about this on our podcast. They don't know what they have in terms of a starting quarterback, but I think they finally have their quarterback of the future in terms of the backup, and that's Brandon Allen. Uh, yeah. So at least they have that checked off. But it, it, I think if they don't go with Drew Locke at this point, it's completely – 
I mean, it, it's what the Broncos have done for three years. It, it would just be frustrating. It would be irritating. At this point, the season's lost. It, it serves no purpose to continue to play Brandon Allen when you have a quarterback where you need to know what you have in him. And I know Vic Fangio has said that it's really not that big of a deal. Yeah, it is. Because five games is a hell of a lot more of watching and tape and analysis than two. Well, I think the, the rationale behind bringing him in in relief would be to take the pressure off him. It wouldn't be about the season or the team or anything. It would be about him. Maybe maybe the kid is better off watching a little bit of the game, first quarter, whatever, and getting his feel, getting a feel for what's happening on the field and then t- coming in in relief, basically as a relief pitcher. Um, but the thing about and I mentioned this last segment, that was Paxton Lynch's best game as a Bronco was when he came in in the first period against Tampa. Uh, you see this in college much see, more yeah. where – uh, they're trying to break in. in a young quarterback right. so he gets one or two series in the second quarter and again in the third quarter. You know that kind of. Thing. And I think that to me, I just think that's pointless. Just name him the starter. Give him the confidence that you have in him to come in and do what he needs to do as a starting quarterback. Because I, I, I just I, I don't see any point in that. You're going to need to get him out there anyway. So get him out there. Stop playing these games of. Oh, well, well, we want to give him a little bit of confidence. You know, you know what would give him confidence? Naming him the starter earlier in the week and not playing these games. I, I know this makes it Maybe. hard, but uh, we should probably, in our final couple of minutes here, get to uh, your projections. I don't know how anybody can project without knowing the quarterback. What happens on Sunday? Get your prediction, your breakdown, Phil, your analysis. Phil is starting against the, the uh, right? That w- and that may be the good news for the Broncos. <laughs> so what... what uh, Oh, what what do you what do you got for Sunday on a prediction, Ian? I think both of these defenses are going to to show up and play. I, I think, and especially in terms of the Chargers, they struggle in the red zone as an offense, and that's where the Broncos thrive on defense. They're still second in the NFL in terms of red zone defense. So I think this is going to be a game where you're going to get a lot of field goals. I think the the Chargers are going to get a little bit more maybe because of the special teams. I think the Chargers' special teams is going to be a lot better than Denver's considering that Colby Wadman is still punting for the Broncos for some reason <laughs> and Tom McMahon is still the special teams coordinator for some reason. So I think that's where the Chargers are going to have a little bit of an advantage. And then regardless of the quarterback, you still have Garrett Bowles at left tackle and Elijah Wilkinson at right tackle, maybe Juwan James, going against Joey Bosa and Melvin Ingram. So regardless of who the quarterback is, that's still the situation at the offensive line on your tackle position. So I think it's going to be a field goal battle, and I have the Chargers winning 15-9. to Wow. Exciting. Wow. <laughs> Just what you want to see when you break in a new quarterback. Nine points. <laughs> Uh, and and well, so it's all field goals for the Broncos, or is there a safety in there instead? It it could be a touchdown and a safety. I I just think it's going to be one of those games where there's not going to be a lot of points. I think Philip Rivers is going to throw at least one or two picks, and I I think I don't think Drew Locke is going to turn the ball over. I just don't think that they're going to be able to overcome that mismatch of. Joey Bosa and Melvin Ingram against Garrett Bowles. All right, we got 30 seconds here, if yes. you can be quick about this. We haven't talked to you since the uh, Broncos were shellacked by the Bills. Do you have buyer's remorse as a Bronco fan and a Bronco uh, a guy covering the team uh, that they selected Bradley Chubb and not Josh Allen last year? No, I don't. Because And here's the main reason. Because they've now gone through two head coaches 
and two offensive coordinators. So the stability that Josh Allen has in Buffalo, he wouldn't have in Denver. So you have no idea if he'd be able to have that kind of confidence going into his second year that he's had in Buffalo. And I think if you're going to have buyer's remorse, which I don't have on Bradley Chubb, Mark will will go this route as well. There's one player that they probably could have taken yep. and should have taken yep. at number five, and that's Quentin Nelson. Mm-hmm. Yep, we have a big agreement on that yep. on this show. Ian, thank you. We will look at Mile High Report on Sunday after the game. Get your winners and losers, who stood out, who didn't. Uh, and hopefully Drew Locke will, uh, will figure in one way or another uh, in, your, in your analysis there. Thank you, Ian. Thanks, Ian. Thanks, guys. All right. Coming up next, Happy stay Ian tuned. Uh, Ram Roundup, Kelly Lyle. Is athletic director Joe Parker actually leaving CSU and punting on what to do about the football team, the stadium, and the coach, and it'll all fall to a next athletic director? We'll talk about that and go over last night's uh, competitive loss to Boise State by the Colorado State Rams when we talk to Kelly Lyle from the Colorado.